welcome back to the 49 away podcast faithful it's been a while but we have a ton to recap on today's episode we will discuss the 49ers future plan at quarterback of course that has been the talk of town for the past 48 hours and will probably be the topic of discussion for the next month and probably the next year it is a pretty big deal and we'll get to all of that on this episode we will also discuss the 49ers free agency grades as it was a very successful free agency period for John Lynch and crew. We'll get to that as well. We'll talk Trent Williams, offensive line, secondary, and a whole lot more. And Zach will be joining us later in the episode to talk free agency, draft day, and everybody's favorite topic, Jimmy Garoppolo. And of course, don't forget to give the 49 away a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more 49ers news and analysis. Welcome back, Niner fans, to the 49 Away Podcast. It's your host, Jay Sahota, back at it for another episode. Man, where do I begin? I mean, this has been such an eventful two weeks to be a San Francisco 49ers fan. I mean, honestly, there really just isn't ever a dull moment of being a 49ers fan. There is always something, and in these past two weeks... There has been so much to talk about from the free agency period last week to the big trade a few days ago. And of course, we'll get to all of that in a little bit. But I think it's fair that we start with the free agency period and we'll move along here. And this was such an important free agency period for John Lynch and the 49ers with so much uncertainty everywhere. And of course, heading into free agency, the main priorities were, of course, offensive line, getting an edge rusher our secondary and a backup quarterback and of course the offensive line was very shaky last year Trent Williams being a free agent we knew that was a priority we needed a center that was a priority and then of course on the defensive side we don't know a whole ton about D Ford it's kind of this massive question mark I know they restructured his contract which was great but I've heard some rumors that he's going to be fully healthy or at least he's working towards being fully healthy for September so are the 49ers going to stay with it with the contract restructure or are they going to release him? No idea there, but either way, with D Ford's health issues, it was very vital that they find another edge rusher to complement Nick Bosa who's coming off of that ACL. Of course, the secondary is also a massive question mark. Of course, heading into free agency, Jimmy Ward was the only starter in the secondary that was signed heading into this free agency period everyone else was an unrestricted free agent so it was only Jimmy Ward so we know there was either going to be a ton of turnover or we're going to bring some guys back the secondary which is a massive question mark and then of course the backup quarterback or really the quarterback position is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be the guy are we going to get a backup behind him are we going to draft someone are we going to trade Garoppolo are we going to get Stafford or Matt Ryan whatever there is there were so many different scenarios swirling but it seems as if Based off of the news a few days ago, the quarterback position seems to be a little bit more clear, but I think it's an understatement to say that it's looking clear because it is still pretty foggy, but I think we have an idea of where the 49ers are heading in the direction in regards to the quarterback position. But let's start with the free agency period and we'll start with Trent Williams. This was so huge. I mean, I can't even explain. I remember, you know... When Joe Staley retired, not having a left tackle, it was like, man, what are we going to do without Joe Staley? And we go out and we get Trent Williams, and I'm like, we're set. But then, of course, 
he was a free agent after this season, and and there, it took a little bit of time for the Niners to re-sign Trent Williams. Of course, the news is that Trent Williams was minutes away from signing with the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh my God, for the love of God, I'm so happy that that did not happen. To see Trent Williams blocking for Patrick Mahomes would have made me want to throw up every Sunday. So I am so glad that Trent Williams is going to be wearing red and gold for the next six years and not red and yellow. Having said that, it came down to the last minute. Apparently, all it took was for Trent Williams to FaceTime Kyle Shanahan to get the deal done. Before that, the story is Williams FaceTimed Shanahan. Shanahan said, give me a minute, hung up. Trent Williams went to dinner, comes out of dinner, opens his phone, and boom, he has signed a six-year deal worth 138.06 mil, just a little bit higher than David Bakhtiari. So Trent Williams is now the highest paid tackle in the National Football League, as deserved. But I can't even explain how clutch, how huge, how important this was to lock up Trent Williams as for the next six years, I mean, he he's not young. He's 33 years old. So the fact that they that they signed him that long term, and I know Trent Williams recently said in his um in his press conference when he signed the contract, he did say that one of his goals is to play till 40. Trent Williams could do that if he can keep his body in shape. The guy's an absolute beast. He could do it. If Andrew Whitworth can do it for the Rams, I really think Trent Williams could do that next as well. So I really don't think that's a that's a far fetched goal. The the question is here is. If he can stay healthy, of course, look at Joe Staley, for example. That's a guy who I think we all thought would play till he was 40 as well. But his body didn't let him go that far, and it is what it is. So you never know with health issues. Hoping the best for Trent Williams. I hope he's here for the next six years because the guy's been balling, and as long as he can stay healthy, that was just so huge. But the fact that we have the pillar of the offensive line set in stone for the next six years is so huge. I don't care how much... It, the contract was worth was it a lot of course it was but come on you you would have to be you know dumb to not think that Trent Williams wasn't just going to resign for anything he wanted his bag and Trent Williams was going to get paid and he is the best tackle in all of football so he deserved that contract but man I'm just so happy John Lynch Kyle Shanahan Parag Marate all of them pulled that off got that contract done so I'm thrilled and I know previously I've said going into this free agency period the main priorities for the San Francisco 49ers were Trent Williams, Kyle Juszczyk, and Jason Verrett, and John Lynch hit on all three. I mentioned Trent Williams, but Kyle Juszczyk signed a five-year deal worth 27 mil. That also is huge. Kyle Juszczyk for a fullback, but I think Kyle Juszczyk is so much more than a fullback. He is an instrumental part into what this offense revolves around and what Kyle Shanahan does in his system. And that is why it's such a big deal because Juszczyk can be a running back. He is a fullback. He could be a tight end. He could be a wide receiver. Kyle Juszczyk could line up as so many different things. And that is why we call him a secret weapon because he is not a fullback. Kyle Juszczyk does so many different things. He's our Swiss Army knife. And that is why Juice is so important. I'm happy we got him locked up. And of course, last season, we got George Kittle locked up. So now we got Kittle, Juice, and Williams all locked up. Our offense revolves around those three guys. So that is huge. And then, of course, Jason Verrett. This was a guy who I wasn't sure if he was going to be back or not. I really wanted him to be back because it looks like Richard Sherman isn't coming back. He still is not signed, which I think is very interesting. But that's a story for another day. But Jason Verrett signed on a one-year deal. You know, from a business standpoint, 
I like it. You know, Jason Verrett has had really unlucky injury history, and he's probably thinking, well, I'm going to be the number one guy in San Francisco. Richard Sherman's more than likely not coming back. So I've got a chance if I can stay healthy and I can ball out, I'm a free agent after after 2021. I could get even more money going into 2022, whether that's from the 49ers or another team. So I like the fact that Jason Red's betting on himself. I think he's more than capable of doing it. But to be honest, I'm just happy he's coming back. He has so much potential. He really, really showed it last season, of course. Everyone was a little skeptical with Jason Verrett based on his injury history. But once he was able to get healthy, man, oh man, he was so good last year. And I'm glad we're going to have him for another season. I think without Richard Sherman, Jason Verrett's going to get his chance to shine. And I hope he can stay healthy. As for the remainder of the secondary, though, there were so many question marks as to who's going to play aside Jason Verrett, who's going to play aside Jimmy Ward. Of course, K1 Williams, Emmanuel Mosley, Akello Witherspoon, Joukowsky Tart. They were all free agents. And of course, Richard Sherman are all free agents heading into free agency. So it was very uncertain as to who the Niners were going to bring back and who they weren't going to bring back. But I have to say this. I am so impressed that out of that group, the only guy that the Niners let go was Akella Witherspoon. I am shocked that the 49ers were able to maintain Kwan Williams, Jaquaski Tart, and Emmanuel Mosley, I think is beyond impressive. I know all of them signed to a one-year deal except for Emmanuel Mosley signed for a two-year deal. But I th- thought for sure half of these guys were going to join Robert Sala and the New York Jets. I am shocked that the only guy to do that thus far is Tevin Coleman. I think it's a good I think it's a good place for Tevin Coleman. I think you know you got LaFleur as the offensive coordinator, a guy who you're familiar with. If Tevin Coleman can stay healthy, the Jets, you got a nice veteran running back there. But there are so many guys in this secondary that I thought for sure, especially Kwan Williams, with how much Robert Sala values Kwan Williams, I thought for sure some of these guys were gone. But the fact that they all signed, or really just Tartan Williams signed for one year deals, is just huge. So huge. Kwan Williams is another guy that is so instrumental into what we do on defense. I mean, I, I can't even explain how happy and how lucky we are. That those guys stayed. And Joukowsky Tart's another one of those guys where I've said, based on his injury history, I don't know if he was worth bringing back if he was asking for too much. But clearly that wasn't the case. Clearly he also was choosing to bet on himself. Signing a one-year deal didn't sign for a lot of money. And I also previously said that, yeah, if Tart wants to come back on a one-year deal or a two-year deal and he's not asking for a lot, absolutely I would bring him back. Joukowsky Tart is really, really good when he's healthy. I... I love it. I absolutely love it. Some of the other guys the Niners signed, they brought back Jeff Wilson on a one-year deal, Daniel Brunskill, Marcel Harris, DJ Jones, huge one there, Ross Dwelly, Jordan Willis, and Dante Johnson. I mean, man, oh man, that was so big on what the Niners did. Some of the key losses, I'd say the only major one was losing Kerry Hyder. He signed a three-year deal with the Seattle Seahawks. Absolutely disgusting, but you know what, and not disgusting in a good way. I'd say disgusting in a absolutely horrible way, as in like a vomit type way, because Kerry Hyder is going to look absolutely horrendous in dark blue. But anyways, aside the point, I wish him the best of luck. Kerry Hyder is a baller, really great player. I think he's a great player for Seattle on that defensive side for sure. But, you know, sucks that we're going to have to see him twice a year now chasing our quarterbacks. But I think that was kind of the only big loss, but that wasn't as big as a loss. You know why? 
means the 49ers went out and signed Samson Ebucam from the Rams to a two-year deal worth 12 mil. I don't like the contract very much. I think we overpaid him a little bit, but I love the move. Oh my goodness, I love the move. Samson Ebucam is a very underrated edge rusher, and he can he can play. This guy can ball. He was a big part of that Rams defense. The fact that John Lynch was able to bring him in and give D'Amico Ryans, a guy like that, on this defensive line, give Chris Kosurik a guy like that on our defensive line, I mean, oh my goodness, to have him, Nick Bosa, Eric Armstead, and Javon Kinlaw, and then they brought back DJ Jones as well. Oh, man. I mean, I love that move. Again, not really sure about the contract situation, but clearly we had enough to pay him. We got him in, and even better, the Rams lose a guy. That's even better. So we lost Kerry Hyder, but we gained Samson Ebucam, and I love that move. But out of all the additions that the 49ers had signed, they only signed a few because they didn't have a lot of money re-signing a lot of guys. Alex Mack. This is one of those guys, and I know every single fan out there has like their own fantasies about who they want their favorite team to sign, and I know there's a lot of times when, you know, you'll say something in your head, and you're like, oh, that'd be so good, I want him playing for my team, but it never happens, right? Alex Mack was one of those guys for me, and I think not just for me, but a lot of 49er fans looked at that and said, Alex Mack is really good when he's healthy, he's experienced, he had one of his best seasons ever under Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta. And we need a center badly. Weston Richburg looks as good as done. We're just waiting for the day that we're going to release him. But other than that, the Niners needed a center. And stability at the center position is so important. Not just at the center, but the offensive line as a whole. And the 49ers haven't been able to have consistent stability at the offensive line position at all. For the exception of Lake and Tomlinson. God bless Lake and Tomlinson. I love that guy. He does not get enough love. But... Signing Alex Mack to a three-year deal with 14.85 mil was so huge. And I think one of the most underrated moves, if he can stay healthy, and I think that's just the whole thing with the 49ers overall, especially after the last season, is the if you can stay healthy part. But oh my goodness, signing Alex Mack to a three-year deal is so under the radar. And I love it. Our offensive line now heading into next season is looking like this. Trent Williams, Lake and Tomlinson, Alex Mack, Daniel Brunskill, and Mike McGlinchey. If Mike McGlinchey can get his stuff figured out in terms of pass blocking, we know what Mike McGlinchey's ceiling is, and he can be a really, really good tackle. Daniel Brunskill, again, give him the benefit of the doubt. He had to play like 5,000 different positions on the offensive line last year, so he could never really learn a single position. Now you bring in Alex Mack, you plug Brunskill in the right guard, which was the original the original plan last season was for him to play right guard. You get that done. So now Brunskill's playing guard. Got Mack at center. Williams locked in at tackle. And Lakin Tomlinson, like I mentioned, sitting at left guard. This has potential to be one of the best offensive lines in all of football next year. Huge. Absolutely, positively huge. And I love it. Because the 49ers need offensive line. And it's so ironic because the team that went to the Super Bowl... That was a banged-up offensive line. Joe Staley, love him, one of my favorite Niners of all time, but he was not healthy at all in that playoff run. He was grinding through it, and I respect the hell out of him for doing that, but he was hurting mightily, and he was not able to be his best self, which is why he retired. So he was not healthy in that Super Bowl. Mike Person was not healthy in that Super Bowl. We had our backup center in that game as well, and then Tomlinson and McGlinchey. So... 
The offensive line was not very healthy and not very stable in that Super Bowl run in 2019. But my oh my, if these five can stay healthy, this has potential to be one of the best offensive lines in all of football. And I love that because that is where it starts. And especially in Kyle Shanahan's system where it's a run first system, this is huge. Love the Alex Mack signing, thrilled. And whoever the hell is quarterback, they're getting to play against a real or play for a really good offensive line. And they'll have a really, really good offensive line playing in front of them. But as for some of the other losses as well, Kendrick Bourne signed with the New England Patriots. I just want to wish KB the best of luck in Foxborough. KB, this was sad to see. I mean, KB's just a great person, brings the energy. He was he was a good wide receiver. I'd say he was a really good slot receiver, but you know, he wasn't, you know, amazing at any time. But I think Kendrick Bourne, if he keeps pushing himself, he'll have the potential to do that. And I think Kendrick Bourne will be really good for Cam Newton or whoever the heck is the quarterback in New England for the next few years. I think KB is exactly what they need. And I think that was a a position for him where he can grow. And I feel like he, I don't know if he could grow with the 49ers, with Debo and Ayuk going forward. So I got tons of love for Kendrick Bourne. I'm rooting for him in New England. It, it really is kind of sad to see him go, but I'm also extremely happy for him. Another guy, CJ Beathard, Solomon Thomas. Those are two guys as well that, again, we can live without them both, but... Especially C.J. Beathard. This guy, I know he didn't win a lot of games, but he grinded out so many of those games. And I respect the hell out of C.J. Beathard. So I wish him the best of luck in Jacksonville. Solomon Thomas is signing a one-year deal with the Raiders. I wish Solly the best of luck there as well. I hope this is a new, fresh start for Solly, and he's able to ball out. Of course, Tevin Coleman already mentioned. I think he'll do great with the Jets. And Ronald Blair also got released. Very underrated loss there. Unfortunate that he wasn't able to stay healthy. For some of the other guys that signed for the 49ers, they also signed safety Tavon Wilson to a one-year deal and defensive line, or defensive tackle rather, Zach Kerr to a one-year deal as well. All in all, this, this 49ers team looks like a championship contender next season. When you look at who the Niners brought back, and this is, this is what the starting lineup is looking like right now heading into September. Starting on the defensive side. Nick Bosa, Javon Kinlaw, Eric Armstead, Samson Abucam, D. Ford. There's a question mark, but if he's healthy, I'll add him in there. DJ Jones, Kevin Givens, Zach Kerr, Kentavious Street. That is a pretty goddamn good defensive line right there. Then you got your linebackers locked in. Fred Warner, Aziz Alshire, Dre Greenlaw. Amazing trio. And then you bring your secondary back. Jimmy Ward, Jaquaski Tart, K1 Williams, Emmanuel Mosley, Jason Verrett. Practically the same defense that we've had for the last two years. Basically, the only difference is Samson Abucam and Javon Kinlaw, but he played last year. This is still an extremely good defense, and I think D'Amico Ryans is going to have a lot of fun with this defense. To the offense, I talked about the O-line. Trent Williams, Lakin Thompson, Alex Mack, Daniel Bronskill, Mike McGlinchey. Has potential to be one of the best offensive lines in all of football next year. You got George Kittle, best tight end in football at tight end. You got Debo and Ayuk as you're starting. Wide receivers, I also forgot to mention the 49ers brought back Mohamed Sanu. Hopefully this time they actually keep him for longer than two weeks because I think he can be really good for this receiving core. And the running back position, you got Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson and some other guys potentially not really sure what to do there. The 49ers have such a complete team right now. This team, again, like I said, looks like a Super Bowl contending team, not just for next season, but for the next four years. Of course... That leaves the question of, who is the San Francisco 49ers quarterback going to be? 
So, after all that free agency stuff, the 49ers had more noise. After all that, after signing Williams to a huge deal, check, bringing back all these guys, signing Alex Mack and Ebucam, John Lynch had something else up his sleeve, something that was so huge that none of us really saw coming. The 49ers have traded their 12th pick in this year's draft, a third round pick in this year's draft, and first round picks in 2022 and 2023. So four draft picks, two this year, first round next year, and a first round in 23, to the Miami Dolphins to move up to the third overall pick in this year's draft. Do you think this means the 49ers are going to take an offensive line at pick number three? No. I do not think John Lynch sacrificed two future first-round picks to move up to get an offensive lineman when they just paid Trent Williams a crap ton of money. They certainly did not move up to third to draft a wide receiver when they did that last year with Brandon Ayuk. And they have Debo Samuel. And they got George Kittle at tight end. They're not going to go another defensive lineman. The defensive line looks really good and they wouldn't have never paid Samson Abucam either. That could only leave one thing. The 49ers want to get a quarterback. This is a loaded quarterback class. You got Trevor Lawrence, who we all know is 99.9% going to Jacksonville. You got Zach Wilson out of BYU, a, a young stud. The guy can ball. Justin Fields from Ohio State. He can ball. Mac Jones from Alabama, who had a great year. And Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. That guy can ball too. And then, of course, you have Jimmy Garoppolo. Here's the deal. And I, before I bring Zach in here, I'm just going to delve into this really quick and give my two cents worth. And then we'll, we'll talk with another person and see how this goes. I love Jimmy Garoppolo. I have never wavered when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo. I thought he was the real deal for the San Francisco 49ers, and he could take us to a Super Bowl, and he did take us to a Super Bowl. I don't care what people say. He play, it is a team game, and Jimmy Garoppolo won a, won a few games by himself, and that is the reason that they ended up in Miami in 2019. Jimmy Garoppolo went 23-9 and with the 49ers. 23-9. and Great record. The 49ers won a ton of games with Jimmy Garoppolo as a starting quarterback. But 23-9 and is not the reason why the 49ers just sacrificed two future first-round picks to potentially take a quarterback. So I'm going to delve into the analytics here and the numbers. And maybe this will make a little more sense. Do I think Jimmy Garoppolo has the potential? Absolutely. Do I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a winner? Absolutely. Do I think Jimmy Garoppolo could win a Super Bowl for the San Francisco 49ers in the future? Absolutely. But this move and Jimmy Garoppolo being the San Francisco 49ers quarterback going forward has nothing to do with that 23-9 and record. It has to do with this. Let's, let's look at the timeline a little bit here, okay? Jimmy Garoppolo in 2017 got traded midway through. Kyle Shanahan opted to sit him because he wanted to learn the system. He want, It is a very complex system, and he wanted Jimmy Garoppolo to learn the system. 
CJ Beathard gets hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo is now the backup, so he has no choice but to go win. Jimmy Garoppolo goes 5-0, and took a team that won one game at that point. They were 1-10, and and looked like a playoff team. Kyle Shanahan was never convinced. This was never Kyle Shanahan's guy. Kyle Shanahan had no choice but to stick with Garoppolo because the 49ers were winning games, and Kyle Shanahan wants to win football games. So he's like, oh my goodness. If Jimmy Garoppolo's playing this good with like maybe 5% of knowledge of my system, imagine what he could do with 100% knowledge of my system. So let's sign him. The Niners go 5-0, and ended 6-10. and Sky's the limit. Expectations are soaring high in 2018. Jimmy Garoppolo signs a five-year deal worth 137.5 mil. He is the guy. The 49ers are committed to Jimmy Garoppolo because of what he did in 2017. And I don't blame him for giving him that money. That's what, that is what the standard was. That is what the standard was for the, to, to pay a future franchise quarterback. And at that time, that is what Jimmy Garoppolo was. Now you get into 2018. Sky's the limit. Expectations are high. Niners, expectations to make the postseason. Jimmy Garoppolo tears his ACL three games into the season. Tough. You have 13 games, and the Niners have to roll with the dynamic duo of C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins. The 49ers double to a 3-10 and record. Not good. 49ers go into 2019. The good news is they got the draft pick. They got Nick Bosa, a generational talent on the defensive line. Amazing. Unfortunate went down last season, but hopefully they'll come back better than ever this year. But Nick Bosa, amazing in 2019. Outstanding. So in a weird, messed up way, that all worked for the best. Jimmy Garoppolo plays 2019 fully healthy. Fantastic. 16 games. The 49ers go all the way to the Super Bowl, 13-3, win the NFC West. Amazing year. One of the best years for 49er fans in a really long time. Jimmy Garoppolo didn't do much in the postseason. And people are like, eh, does Kyle Shanahan trust him or not? Whatever. I will say this. Did he do a lot in the postseason? No. But Jimmy Garoppolo did. What he did do was he beat the Cardinals twice by himself. He beat the New Orleans Saints by himself. And he beat the Los Angeles Rams for the second time by himself. I don't know why I need to validate that. But it did. It happened. And Jimmy Garoppolo went 13-3. So it's clear and, and, and evident here, right? Garoppolo tore his ACL in 2018, but he came back and took us to the Super Bowl in 2019. Jimmy Garoppolo is still our guy. So now the goal in 2020 is we got to get back to the Super Bowl. Obviously, everybody else goes down to disaster. But if you had your starting quarterback playing, the 49ers would have went 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, and, and, and I bet your ass they would have been way better than how the Chicago Bears played in the wildcard playoffs. The Bears look like a junior varsity squad playing in the wildcard playoffs against the New Orleans Saints. The 49ers would have been way better if Jimmy Garoppolo was playing. Debo Samuel didn't need to be there. You know, the offensive line was banged up, sure. Bosa wouldn't have been there. Sherman may have may have not been there. You know, everyone else was a little healthy or not. Maybe the Niners probably would have lost against the Saints, but they sure as hell would have given a much better... They would have made a much better run at the New Orleans Saints. But instead, the 49ers finished 6-10. and 10. Did not make the playoffs. And again, the dynamic duo of Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard went 3-7. and seven. The 49ers' record with Jimmy Garoppolo, like I mentioned, is 23-9. and nine. When he played a full season, they went to the Super Bowl. When he is not in the lineup, C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins are 
an atrocious 6-17. and 17. Jimmy Garoppolo, when he signed that contract in the beginning of 2018, there is a possible of 48 games from 2018, 2019, and 2020. There is a possible of 48 games over three seasons that Jimmy Garoppolo, if he was healthy, he would have played 48 games. Jimmy Garoppolo has missed 23 games. Jimmy Garoppolo has only played just over 50%. To be exact, he has played 52% of the games. Just over half. So, to this draft pick, and why the 49ers are moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo, you can say all you want about his play. You can say all you want about he can't throw a deep ball and he has bad decision making and blah, 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 blah. Listen, it's in the numbers, all right? It's in the numbers. He's 23 and 9. Jimmy Garoppolo wins football games. He brought a team to a Super Bowl for crying out loud in his first full season. He can do it. But the 49ers need a guy who can be consistent. And that is simply why the 49ers made this draft pick. But we're going to now bring Zach in and we'll see. We'll get another perspective on this whole situation. But until then, I just want people to kind of just look at that, take that in and, and really just see where the 49ers heads at and where they're going because it's a very interesting situation from here on out. All right, so we will now bring in Zach to join us on the conversation of, of course, Jimmy Garoppolo and the quarterback situation. But before we get to that, Zach, it has been an absolutely wild two weeks to be a 49ers fan. So just give me your thoughts on on the free agency period too, and and then we'll delve into the whole draft pick situation. Yeah, the last couple of days have been kind of crazy in 49ers lands. I was beyond shocked that we were able to sign all of our uh, free agents back. And now we have a fully functional secondary and a fully functional team with uh, no real holes, which is kind of great. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, that's one thing that I talked about, too, in the first half of the segment was I think the one takeaway for me is the fact that we were able to maintain pretty much the entire secondary. I think it's just huge. right? I honestly didn't expect Kwan Williams, Chikwaski Tart, Emmanuel Mosley. I didn't expect some of those guys, at least at the bare minimum, two of those three to not be back. So the fact that we were able to bring back all three and Jason Verrett is absolutely huge and I think the continuity is just so big there but I mean it's it's a huge deal what the Niners were able to do in free agency getting the offensive line there signing Samson Abucam was absolutely huge but anything else kind of stare at you there that kind of you know popped your eyes yeah it's just by being able to fill out your uh, team through free agency now when we're going into the draft they're focusing on quarterback with their first pick and they don't need to really focus on getting someone to step in right away which is huge and with the rest of our picks we can draft players who can uh, sit for a year or learn and uh, play here and there and uh, get the experience without forcing them to jump right into the action. Yeah, for sure. And so, of course, now we'll get into the big, the big <laughs> conversation that everyone's been talking about. And honestly, this is probably a topic that I don't think is going to go away anytime soon. It will be around for a long time. And that is what the 49ers do with the quarterback position. Of course, the Niners traded up to get the third overall pick with the Dolphins, sending the 12th pick, a third rounder in this year's draft. And then, of course, 2022 and 2023 first round picks to the Dolphins 
all to move up for the number three pick. And I think obviously everybody's probably figured it out by now. The Niners are going to take a quarterback most likely. Of course, we never know what's going to happen until Roger Goodell reads the name off the list. But I mean, there are so many different directions. Like I think, I know I said this at the very beginning of this episode that the quarterback position and the whole situation, it's a little more clear to us what's going to happen, but it's actually still so unclear what's going to happen because it could go so many different ways. So I got a few questions that I think that I want both of us to kind of talk about here. And the first one is I'll say this. So out of the four possible guys, it's kind of obvious right now that there's four possible guys, Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, that could potentially be this magical pick and be the 49ers franchise quarterback going forward. Out of those four, which one do you think is the most NFL ready and or there could be two different ones. Which one do you think fits Shanahan's scheme the best? Uh, so this is a fun question. The most NFL ready, uh, it's probably between Zach Wilson and Justin Fields. Uh, just because they both had great college experience. They played the full year this year. And uh, Justin Fields, I think, probably looks the most NFL ready out of uh, the four quarterbacks uh, available. So if we were to get rid of Garoppolo, I would assume that Fields would be our pick. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Justin Fields has played more than one season, which I like out of Ohio State. I personally like Justin Fields a lot. I think he's a great player. Um, But at the end of the day, I think my biggest issue with this whole draft pick and why I think this is such a big pick and it makes me kind of nervous is this pick does have to be a home run pick. And this guy, whoever we pick, has to be durable. They have to be a guy that can be healthy for a consistent amount of time. And I think that's the reason why we're in this position in the first place. Hmm. So, I, I mean, I agree. I think any of these four, you know, are more than capable of doing that. But yeah, I think either a Justin Fields, maybe Zach Wilson. I'm not, I don't know a lot about Wilson yet, but I'm sure I'll get very familiar with him before the draft. And then I think Mac Jones is also, you know, pretty experienced as well. Yep. Yeah, I'd say think Trey Lance is the only one. I believe Trey Lance has only played one season, mm-hmm. if I'm correct or not. So I think that's the whole thing there. So if they take Lance, it's pretty obvious that they want him to sit a year. But having said that, for me, I personally think that I would rather have Garoppolo play a year no matter who we bring in, just based off of recent history. I think that it is better to have a rookie sit a year, learn the system, and not throw them in. Because when I look at the 49ers roster, especially with what they did this offseason and bringing back a lot of guys on one-year deals too, they want to get back to the Super Bowl now. And a rookie has never won a Super Bowl before. If you're John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan, what what would you do? If like is your goal right now to win the Super Bowl now or win try to win the Super Bowl for the next like five years? Because the the way that, that I'm looking at it right now is you could have the rookie start this year, but the odds aren't very likely with a rookie have never winning a Super Bowl. Or you can go ahead for the next few years, or you could have Garoppolo start this year and compete for a Super Bowl and then go to the rookie next year and still compete for a Super Bowl. My understanding uh, is, first of all, I think the Niners have a five-year window right now to win, especially making that trade to move up to three. I think their window got extended. I think this year, Jimmy G does start under center, and I don't think that changes. 
I think uh, they like Jimmy G, that he's proven himself, he knows the offense, and it gives them time to not rush in this rookie franchise quarterback that they're drafting. And, you know, we have a Super Bowl caliber roster, and Jimmy G has been a Super Bowl QB. So if he is healthy, Jimmy G could still lead us to the playoffs uh, with our rookie not even seeing the field. Exactly. And that's exactly what's going through my head, too. And I'm thinking we have a team that's ready to compete right now. I don't really know why, you know, what's the objective of putting in the rookie now when you're, you know, you have a team to win now. It just makes no sense to me. But you've seen in recent history that rookie quarterbacks tend to perform a lot better in year two than they do in year one. And if your goal is to try and win a championship, then I would let him sit and play year two. But I mean, that's a whole other story. But the reason why I think we're even in this predicament in the first place is all has to do with health. It's it, This is not about the question of whether Jimmy Garoppolo can or can't do it. He can do it. And just before I got you on here, I went through a whole, I went through the numbers with Jimmy Garoppolo and it has nothing to do with his record. This has everything to do with his health. Yep. And that is what, so my thinking is Kyle Shanahan as a competitive mofo that he is, <laughs> He is probably sick and tired of the fact that in 2018, they were a playoff team, didn't have Garoppolo for 13 games, and they stumbled to a 4-12 and record. That probably made him sick to his stomach. Mm-hmm. Then they go out last year, and I mentioned this in the previous segment as well, that the 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo in the lineup, sure, Bosa out, Sherman out, Debo out, whatever, whoever else was missing out there, sure, the Niners aren't going to be as good as usual, but if they just had Jimmy Garoppolo in that lineup, the Niners don't go 6-10. and 10, They go 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7, and seven, make the postseason, and they play a crap ton better than the Chicago Bears did in the playoffs. Yeah, it's been pretty evident this entire offseason that the Niners have wanted to and are planning to make a change at quarterback at some point. Uh, you know, we've been in on the Watson rumors. We were in on the Stafford rumors. We were even in on the Wentz rumors. Uh, we are, we're definitely getting a change at quarterback. And I think this was the best possible, uh, place to get that change with the number three overall pick. There's so many options and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch said we traded up to three, not with a guy in mind because we enjoy the field at three. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, when you look at the situation right now for the 49ers, it's exactly that. Jimmy Garoppolo is not on the field and they're paying him a crap ton of money to sit in the press box every other year. That's the reason why we're in this predicament in the first place, because I've been a firm Jimmy Garoppolo believer. I know you have, and I know a lot of other people have, and there's also a massive chunk that aren't a believer in Jimmy Garoppolo, but it's just obvious. And I, and this is the major stat that I brought up earlier in this episode, and I'll bring it up now so you can hear it. Since Garoppolo signed that contract in 2018, there are 48 possible games if Garoppolo had stayed healthy for three straight seasons, right? Mm -hmm. And Jimmy has missed 23 games out of those 48. So he's only been available for 52% of those games. That's not going to help your team be consistent over a span of years. And that is why I think it's it, it just comes to the end result of Getting a rookie quarterback is the best decision to make. Whether he starts the season or not has nothing to do with it, but the fact that they have a plan in place because being committed to Jimmy Garoppolo is being committed to being competitive every other year because that's what Garoppolo has shown thus far. 
right? Yep. It's not about of, okay, Jimmy, you got her two seasons. We'll commit to you a little bit longer. But it's like time is of the essence, right? Kyle Shannon and John Lynch are going into year five of their contract. Like they, You got to start winning now. And that's the problem is you, we can't just wait around to see when and when not Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be healthy. And that's my only thing. And I hate it because Jimmy G really did, in 2017 especially, really sparked something special mm-hmm. for us 49er fans. And I don't care whether people want to say he didn't do this and he, and he can't throw a deep ball and he has bad decision-making. Listen, prior to 2017, us Niner fans were in such a dark place. Our team could not win at all. Our roster depth was horrendous. And Jimmy G came in and made our team that looked like a disaster in the first 10 games of the season, turned us into a playoff contender overnight. You don't see that happen every day. And Garoppolo was able to do that. So at the end of the day, this is never a thing of whether Garoppolo can or can't do it. It's really just a series of unfortunate events that has led him to this point. And I know you talked about Watson and Wentz. I am actually glad the 49ers didn't go in that direction because of the financial aspect. Whether if you brought in Watson or Wentz, you would have to pay them a ton of money this way. You're drafting up, you're getting your guy, you get him on a rookie contract for maybe four years, right? Yep. Three, four years at least. And now you have the flexibility to extend guys like Bosa, Freddie, Debo, Ayuk, McGlinchey, guys who are going to get big contracts down the road. This was a big deal for them to do that, and it made the most sense for the 49ers when you look at the entire team, not just at the quarterback position. But I saw this question on Twitter, and I want to see what you have to say because I know I've been dying to get you know this one off my plate as well. But if the 49ers win the Super Bowl this season with Jimmy Garoppolo, do we still move on from Jimmy Garoppolo? Yes. Or yes, no? we definitely still move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, the plan is, and I'm sure it won't change. Jimmy Garoppolo is here for a year. Uh, the quarterback learns under Jimmy and under Shanahan's offense. And the next year, that quarterback takes over as the franchise quarterback. The good thing is, if we do win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G, his trade value goes up. That's a Super Bowl winning quarterback that any team would be lucky to have, especially the Patriots. And, you know, I think next year, if we do, if Jimmy G does prove himself, there's going to be a couple teams calling to try and get him from us. Yes, sir. And I think you and I are exactly on the same page with this. And this is exactly what I told myself, too, is, you know, if we win the Super Bowl, Garoppolo is still going to get moved. And that is because exactly what I talked about previously is Garoppolo cannot stay healthy for consistent years in a row. So, sure, the 49ers win the Super Bowl with Garoppolo. Okay, amazing. But you know that Garoppolo, you can't rely on him to be healthy. What's the, after you win a Super Bowl, what's the goal? To win back-to-back. So if the 49ers want to win back-to-back, but you well know that Jimmy Garoppolo can't stay healthy, as we literally just saw this past season, right? The 49ers, their goal was to get back, and they couldn't do it. Obviously, it's, it wasn't in a weird series of events. It wasn't just Garoppolo's fault. The rest of the team was a disaster, too, and in shambles. But again, like I mentioned, if you have your quarterback there, you the Niners were more than capable of squeezing in at that seven spot it's not even funny going one and three in the NFC East and leaving it up to the dynamic duo of Bethard, Bethard and Mel and Mullins, excuse me. Wow. But anyways, you know, it's just not ideal. And that was the whole situation there. And I think 
if the 49ers win the Super Bowl or not, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be moved on. And it's a big deal for him as well. It's a huge deal for, for Jimmy Garoppolo because he needs to prove himself as well. A guy that has a bad injury history, he needs this year to prove to himself that and to other teams out there that he still has it and he has the potential to be a franchise quarterback. Yeah, definitely. I, I think Jimmy G has that potential. And he's shown it throughout his numbers. We've all seen it and he will move on. Uh, again, the Patriots just seem like the right fit. It seems like they wanted him this year, but we weren't uh, content on moving him this year. But next year, I feel like that's just the fit for Jimmy G. Yeah, I think that's probably what's going to end up happening. I think he's probably going to end up going back to New England if New England seems like they, they're almost desperate oh, yeah. at this point, which I feel like is almost kind of disrespectful to Cam Newton in a way. But, you know, Cam is, is just as injury-prone as Jimmy yep. at this point. So, But, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. I think it's it would probably end up being the best fit for everyone. But I know everyone is just very talkative about what's going to happen with Garoppolo from now to September. And I still seem very keen that it's just the best for both worlds if, yes, the 49ers use Garoppolo as a bridge. And guess what? Worst case scenario, if Garoppolo can't stay healthy, then they have the rookie to go in and play right away. So it's a win-win in this situation. I'm pretty sure the last time that we talked as well, I mentioned that as well, that it would be a win-win yep. if the 49ers had drafted a rookie, but they still went with Garoppolo to start the season. So I don't know. It's it's a really crazy whirlwind, honestly. And to say the least, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch era has been something crazy <laughs> to this point. I mean, man, we started 0-9 at one point. We got a franchise quarterback, and then he got hurt, and then we went to the Super Bowl, and then the whole team got hurt, and now we're drafting up to get a quarterback. It has been a crazy, a crazy series of events, starting with the fact that I cannot believe that week one of this era, we started with Brian <laughs> Hoyer at quarterback. What a ride it has been to this point, but... Aside from the quarterback position, you look at our team going ahead to week one. Anything else kind of stand out to you? Um, I, I think our defense stands out because there were a lot of holes last year with all the injuries. And a healthy Bosa back is going to make that line so much better than it was. You know, it will probably move Armstead back into the uh inside of the line where he had success uh before uh the Bosa injury and all the injuries. Uh, and if you pair him with Kinlaw, who we're hoping to see a big jump in the second year, that defensive line, if it gets back to where it was at, our defense catalyst is from the defensive line. We uh, create plays because the defensive line gets to the quarterback, forcing the quarterback to make errors. So I'm glad that we were able to focus a bit about on that in free agency as well. Yeah, no, definitely. I think the one thing that, you know, kind of pops out to me on defense is the continuity, mm -hmm. right? And that's something that John Lynch and Kyle Shannon are very keen on is making sure that the continuity is is always there, whether it's in the coaching staff or on the roster. So I'm really I'm really glad when I look at this, yeah, when I look at the roster on defensive side, I think the one thing, yeah, right, Nick Bosa coming back is massive and pairing him with Samson Abucom, I think is fantastic. I think it's gonna be a great duo. Of course, we don't know what's gonna happen with D Ford. Is he are we gonna release him? We're going to bring him back. I have no idea. To be quite honest, with a contract restructure, let's just say that he is healthy and he comes back in September. That's huge, too. I don't see that as a bad thing at all. Like, I'm expecting to release him, but, like, if he's for some reason 
heals up and he's ready to go for September, then we got him, Bosa, and Ebucom. That's even better. So we'll see what happens there. But when I look at the whole thing overall, my biggest thing, and I talked about this earlier as well, how big our offensive mm-hmm. line looks now. It just looks so much better than it did before, bringing in Alex Mack. Hopefully, Brunskill can play right guard and just focus on that. Last year, he played a gazillion different positions on the offensive line. But I'm glad that he'll finally get to focus on one specific position on the offensive line. And then locking up Trent Williams was huge, oh, yeah. too. But it'll be, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see what else you know they do. I think running back depth, we need at least one more guy behind Mostert and Wilson. I think we still need another receiver. I know we brought in Mohamed Sanu, but I still feel like we, we need to retool the depth behind Debo, Ayuk, Sanu, maybe Richie James. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. You know, other than that, obviously, we had to see Kendrick Bourne leave as well. But honestly, based on the guys that we lost in free agency, I would say this this whole free agency was what was a huge dub because I look at all the guys that we lost – there's not really a guy that I look at that's like, oh my God, we're really yeah, gonna miss it, him. definitely. We were able to si- see when we signed uh, Kevon Williams, uh, the safety. I thought for sure we weren't gonna bring Tart back, and I was okay with it because we replaced him. But then bringing Tart back, now we have uh, options in the secondary, in the safety, and yeah, depth. much needed depth because we've seen the safety position have loads of injury in us have to start unprepared guys and it's uh, hurt us before. So yeah, the depth ad has been great. No, that's, that's a great point that you hit on there and the depth at safety is looking really good right now. Bringing back Tart, he should be the starter. And then you got Tavon Wilson, a guy who's experienced. And then of course we still have Tarvarius Moore and Marcel Harris. Those are two guys who I originally thought were going to (laughs) compete for the starting job. And now they're going to be back there. So yeah, the depth at safety looks really good right now. I still think we have a little more depth to do at corner, but I mean, man, it's a I lo- I just I just love what John yeah. Lynch did. It seems like every offseason he he does a lot of great things. He has a few misses here and there. I'm just praying to God that this draft pick is not a miss. It is a big This big draft pick. pick is the make or break for the Lynch Shanahan uh regime. If, if you don't hit on the number three pick and you don't get that franchise quarterback, then you just gave up your future and you set yourself back five years, if not more. But I really think they're going to hit with this pick and I really think they're going to be smart with it. And whoever they take, they're going to do it kind of like a Alex Smith Mahomes way, sitting a year, learning under, learning the yep. system. And quarterbacks in Shanahan's system usually take a year to kind of fully understand his system and open up the playbook towards that quarterback. So by them sitting for a full year, that playbook will be much more open in year two than it would have if he started in the rookie season. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with all of that as well. I think it's very important that they're able to do that. But yeah, this is a, like I said, this is just a huge pick. You've got to get a guy that you know that can fit the system can be consistent in terms of health and a guy that you know that can fit the culture as well. And at the end of the day, I trust Kyle Shanahan with what he wants. You know, Kyle Shanahan's going to do what he does. And, you know, whatever he chooses, I'm just going to let it up to fate and say, all right, Shanny, this is your choice. Let's see you with your guy because I think we all know Garoppolo was never his guy. 
Shanahan just had no choice but to run with Garoppolo because Garoppolo won football games. So Shanahan, I remember reading an article and I think it was in 2017 or 2018. And I remember it was a direct quote from Kyle Shanahan saying to the media that I was just waiting for the moment that Jimmy Garoppolo was going to mess up and I could put Beathard back in. That right from the get-go, you clearly saw Shanahan was never keen on Garoppolo in the first place. He was happy about him bringing in because the quarterback play previous to Garoppolo was horrendous. But bringing him in was going to be good. But Shanahan, I think by putting Garoppolo in at that time, knowing such a small amount of the scheme and the system, Shanahan was skeptical about it. But Garoppolo went in, flourished, played amazing. And at the end of the day, it's unfortunate. I feel like in the big span of things, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, they did win by getting Jimmy Garoppolo as a 49er based off of what he did when he was in the uniform. It's just completely overshadowed because he wasn't available for majority of two out of those three seasons. Yeah, yeah. I think Jimmy G was always John Lynch's quarterback from the start. Uh, it was pretty obvious that Shanahan wanted Cousins or wanted a quarterback that he thought would fit his system. Uh, Jimmy G's a winner. He was winning with us, took us to the Super Bowl last year. So it wasn't the wrong move, but I feel like now whoever this pick is going to be is going to be Shanahan's baby. Basically, this is going to be Shanahan's franchise quarterback that he uh, believes will fit his system perfectly. And there's a lot of options out there. Yeah, he better. This is a huge, a huge pick here. And, I know Shanahan, if he can pick a quarterback anything like how he picks wide receivers, I expect big things out of this quarterback because he was damn right about Debo Samuel and he was damn right about Brandon Ayuk. So I hope whoever the heck is going to be our quarterback, I I hope that he's the guy. And listen, he's got an amazing offensive line that he's going to be behind. He's got a great run game, an outstanding play caller, the best tight end in football, the best fullback in all of football, and a pretty damn good defensive defense with one of the best linebackers in all of football and one of the best edge rushers in all of football. I, this is, this is a huge, huge pick. I cannot wait to see what happens down the road to see who it's going to be, but we got all off season to talk about this. And we got the next month to talk about who the 49ers are going to pick at number three. Zach, thanks for joining us on this episode. Appreciate it. As always joining this, this is a big conversation and I definitely don't anticipate or I definitely do anticipate this will not be the Thank last you time very much for having this. me. And just quickly before the episode ends, my prediction is we go with Trey Lance. I just feel like that it fits uh, the thing we're doing with keeping Jimmy G and Trey Lance has so much talent that I feel like if he's going to be our franchise quarterback, having him sit one year and learn the system, uh, he's like a Josh Allen fit in my mind. I think that would be amazing in this offense. Yeah, I I agree with that. To be honest, I'd be happy with any of the three based off of Wilson, Lance, and Fields. I'd be happy with any of the three. Mac Jones, I personally really like, but I know I've heard a lot of things of how he's very, he has a very similar skill set to Garoppolo, and it would make no sense to move on from Garoppolo if you're just going to draft another Garoppolo, right? You got to get someone who's a little more mobile, who can run in the pocket, you know, and, and not take a sack, you know, learn how to throw it away a little bit. Those are things that Jimmy tends to struggle with. So, I, I, I would love Trey Lance. I watched a bit of his highlights the other day. You know who he, who he weirdly reminds me of? A young mm. Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, I see that. Tell me if I'm wrong about that. And I think that would be 
I think that would be so interesting to have that there. But that's kind of the first takeaway when I watch Trey Lance play. But we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens down the road. But once again, thank you, Zach, for joining. And we will talk again very soon. And we have all offseason to talk about who will be the 49ers quarterback next year and going forward. And that'll do it for this week's episode of the 49 Away Podcast. What a week it has been. Big moves John Lynch is making at the quarterback position. But who will it be? Will it be Trey Lance? Will it be Mac Jones? Justin Fields? Zach Wilson? Or Jimmy Garoppolo? Who knows who's going to be our starter come September. But keep it locked on the 49 Away. Give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter as we'll be updating this whole quarterback situation and other signings throughout the offseason and of course ahead of the NFL draft. So be sure to keep it locked. Give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more 49ers news and analysis and hope everyone has a great week.